this morning, I, I, I really want to begin uh, with a conclusion. <laughs> uh, our Lord Jesus, who was the greatest teacher that ever lived, uh, as he concluded what was the greatest sermon that was ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount, he ended with a parable. He ended with a parable. And then he, he let the people then go home to figure out exactly how they were going to apply it in their lives. And as I thought about that, as I prepared for this morning, I, I thought, I, I wonder if I should do that. Just slowly read the parable and then dismiss and everybody go home and figure out how to apply it on their own. And then I thought, nah. <laughs> <laughs> not today, not today. <laughs> uh, as we said last week, it reminded us last week, Jesus said that the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart. And we talked last week about our hearts being all in. But Jesus continued with that great commandment, love the Lord with all your heart and with all your soul, he said, with all your soul. Are you all in with your soul? Are you all in with your soul? Well, this uh, a parable that I just mentioned that he ended the great the, the Sermon on the Mount with begins in Matthew 7 and verse 24. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not and does them is like a wise man who built his house on rock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds beat against that house, but it did not collapse because its foundation had been laid on rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell, the flood came, and the winds beat against that house, and it collapsed. It was utterly destroyed. Well, there's actually a, a very famous story in, in American literature that surprisingly enough it has a, a number of amazing similarities to Jesus' story. But in that American piece of literature, it, it's not two builders, it's three builders. Each one of them builds a house and in that story, there is also a contrast between foolish and wise building. Each of those houses faces a big test. And the house that was built foolishly falls. The house that is built wisely stands. Does anybody recognize what story I'm talking about? <laughs> the one you learned when you were a little child. The three little pigs, Right? Surely you remember. Each of those three little pigs builds a house, and each house faces a big test. The big bad wolf. That big bad wolf comes to each house and says, little pig, little pig, let me come in. And the little pig says, not by the hair of my... <laughs> I, I was hoping to hear you say that this morning. Um, <laughs> Now you can go to work in the morning and say, hey, hey, we did a responsive reading in our church yesterday to the three little pigs. <laughs> no, 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 don't tell them that, don't tell them that. <laughs> well, two of those little pigs built their houses out of junk, right? Sticks and straw. I mean, why not, really? 
you know, cheaper, easier, much faster. But as they were building, they never stopped to ask the question, did they? That every little pig should ask, will my house stand up to the test of the big bad wolf? And so when the big bad wolf huffed and puffed, he blew those two houses down. However, one of the three little pigs was very wise. You remember, he built his house out of bricks. And when the big bad wolf came along, he huffed and puffed until he was all huffed and puffed out. And that house remained standing. You know, in an interesting, there's something about the house building metaphor that, that really runs deep within all of us. And, and Jesus knew that. And so he tells this story. As he tells this story about house building, Jesus' parable here is, as you notice, as we read it a moment ago, is, is composed of two stories side by side. Both stories have similarities. I'm sure you caught that. But they also have one big difference, and that big difference is the hinge upon which this parable turns. And Jesus wants us to know that it's also the hinge upon which our very souls turn. The first similarity here is that each person builds a house. Each of us builds a house. And what do those houses represent? A life, a soul. Jesus is saying that every one of us, while we are, are still above ground and breathing, are constructing a soul, a house that is going to last forever and ever. And we get to choose what building materials we are going to use in building that house. It's so important to remember because it's far too easy otherwise for us to just simply rock along in life and forget that. Again, to forget that every day you're adding to your building project either wisely or foolishly. You are choosing the building materials. Well, the problem with us little piggies <laughs> is that we too often make foolish choices, right? Anybody ever make a foolish choice? If you've made a foolish choice in your life, raise your hand. Now, if you didn't raise your hand and you're married, just ask your spouse if, if maybe he or she perhaps remembers. <laughs> we are all building a house. And the Bible says that God is very, very interested in how we are building it. This house-building metaphor is used elsewhere in Scripture. One of the most pointed of all those places is in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 12 to 14. This is from the Living Bible paraphrase. But there are various kinds of materials that can be used to build on that foundation. Some use gold and silver and jewels. And some build with sticks and hay or even straw. There is going to come a time of testing at Christ's judgment day to see what kind of material each builder has used. Everyone's work will be put through the fire so that all can see whether or not it keeps its value and what was really accomplished. Then every workman who is built on the foundation with the right materials and whose work still stands will get his pay. Wow. I mean, what, a, what a day that's going to be, right? Like it or not, like it or not, you and I are responsible for our house, for our soul. 
And we should be making decisions day in and day out with the building materials that we are using in light of that coming judgment seat of Jesus Christ. Again, remember the, the foolish little pigs built with sticks and straw. And when sticks and straw are tested by fire, what's going to happen? <laughs> They're going to go up like a dried out Christmas tree, right? Again, you are responsible for how you choose to build your house, your soul. You know, people do all kinds of crazy things with their houses, <laughs> don't they? Well, one of the craziest, uh, it was back in 1884, a lady named Sarah Winchester, that name might sound a little familiar, she was the heiress to the Winchester rifle fortune, and she began to build a house. And she had this very, very strange belief that as long as she kept building that house, that death would be confused and would not come for her. And so, for the next 38 years, 16 carpenters worked every day building this house. It had over 160 rooms, 2,000 doors, more windows than the Empire State Building. <laughs> I mean, in that day, you could build a house for three thousand, a whole, a complete house for three thousand dollars. Well, she spent that much just on the doors, and after the workmen had installed those doors, they left through those doors, and they were the last ones to ever use those doors. Well, you could walk up staircases that would just lead to the ceiling. You could open up other doors to just brick walls. Again, all an effort on her part to confuse death. However, while she was still building the house, she died. Death was not confused. It took eight trucks, seven days a week, for six and a half weeks to haul away all the stuff that she had compiled there. And then a truck made one last trip, this time it was for her. You see, no, no matter what kind of house you build, no matter what kind of house we build, one day a truck is going to come for all of us, for all of us. That's a constant. And at that point, it will only be a blink of the eye in eternity before it is revealed what kind of house, what kind of soul that we've been building. Well, the second similarity in these two stories within Jesus' parable is that every house experiences storms. Every house. The big bad wolf comes to the door of each and every one of us, little piggies. <laughs> and did you notice in that parable that the description of the storms that came against the two houses was exactly the same, wasn't it? Exactly the same. The rain fell, the flood came, and the winds beat against that house. That's the same kind of storm came against the house that was built on rock that came against the house that was built on sand. Perhaps Jesus wants to make it very, very clear that this is not a story about location, location, location. This is not a story about how to build a house where there will be no storms. I have a dear friend who lives in Florida, and we banter back and forth quite a bit about this very thing. 
Well, he claims he's living in paradise and that I'm living in the tornado alley. <laughs> but I've made it very clear to him that I would much rather live in tornado alley than in hurricane alley. <laughs> they have a, a beach house that's been destroyed twice by hurricanes. The fact is that whether it's tornadoes or hurricanes or whatever, or whatever, no matter where you live, you will have storms. Again, this is not a story about how to build a house where there will be no storms. Although we, we, we would sure like for it to be that, wouldn't we? I, I mean, we would love to be able to think that you know, there's some way, if we were just smart enough, clever enough, resourceful enough, that we could somehow engineer a, a storm-free life. I think some people actually believe they can do that. But it's a pipe dream. The Lord Jesus made it very clear in John 16, here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows. You will have storms. No one lives a storm-free life. Life is not about storm avoidance. Everyone faces storms. In fact, you've heard it said this before. Everybody, often been said that everybody is either in a storm, has just come out of a storm, or is about to go into one. Where are you today personally? Do you find yourself in the midst of a storm? But here's the thing about storms. Storms reveal the quality of the work Storms reveal what really matters. The, the storms in Jesus' story reveal the, the quality of the work of these two builders. Like that's the hinge point of the parable. Everybody builds a house. Everybody faces storms, but it comes down to this. What are you building your house upon? Upon what are you constructing your soul? Everyone either builds on rock or on sand. Verse 24, Jesus said, everyone who hears these words of mine and does them is like a wise man who built his house on rock. Verse 26, everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. Again, Jesus said, a wise man built his house on rock. New Testament scholar N.T. Wright offers a, a unique insight into Jesus' words here. Uh, you may re remember that in, in Jesus' day, the, the old way to God before Christ came along, came into this world, the old way to God was primarily symbolized by the temple in Jerusalem. Um, the temple was the center of, their, of the Jewish worship. It was the center of their religion. It was the center uh, of their system of, sacri of sacrifices, their sacrificial system. <clears throat> and you, you may remember that the temple was built by King Solomon in Jerusalem. David wanted to, but God wouldn't let him. It was Solomon, David's son, that built the temple. It was then, a lot, then it was later destroyed by the Babylonians, and then it was rebuilt by the exiles when they returned from Babylon, just not, to not near the, the, the glory that it was before. Well, then along comes King Herod the Great, who wants to do something to make the people think better of him, <laughs> and he needed a lot of that. Um, and so he did this major renovation and expansion of the temple. It was built on what was called the Temple Mount. 
It was, it was already there. It was originally built there by King Solomon, again, but, but Herod expanded it. Built on the Temple Mount, a huge rocky outcropping that Herod turned into this 35-acre stone platform, which still exists today. As a result, the temple in Jesus' day was often called the house on the rock. Now think about that. So what's happening here? in not such a subtle way. I mean, Jesus is saying that the temple is no longer the house on the rock. Jesus is saying the true house on the rock is now going to be this community of new believers, of Christ followers, who are going to build their lives upon the rock of Jesus' words. I mean, just imagine how that would have blown away the crowd listening to what Jesus was saying on that day. Hard for us to quite relate, but it would have been earth-shaking for them. Jesus is loudly declaring, if you will build your soul on him, if you'll be willing to say with complete trust, Jesus, whatever you say, that's what I want to do with my life. Jesus, whatever you want, Whatever you want to do with my life, my time, my money, my relationships, my values, whatever you say, Lord Jesus, that is what I want. I want to build my soul on the rock of your words. Last week, I I asked the CEO of a large company here in Tulsa, what's their biggest challenge right now? The answer was, well, there's, there's plenty of work, but there's just not a, near enough people who want to do the work right now. Well, as I was getting ready for this message, I, I, that statement came back to me, and, and I thought, you know, I, I bet Jesus must feel that way a lot. Just not enough of us who are willing to do the work, the work of building one's soul upon the rock the true rock. We're too content with merely just talking the talk. But unless we are walking the walk, unless we are putting his words into practice, we are building on sand. Plain and simple. You know, when you read this story and and you, you let it soak in a bit, you can't help but wonder, Why in the world, why in the world would this guy have built his house on sand? That cross your mind? Why would he have built his house on sand? I mean, Jesus tells us that the storm totally destroyed his house, and and we just think, well, well, duh. Why would he do something like that? Uh, There is no indication here in in the parable that he set out to do anything wrong, Jesus doesn't say that he was a wicked man, but what's the word that Jesus does use to describe him? Foolish. Unfortunately, that's a very common human condition (laughs) these days, is it not? I mean, think about it, not just these days, but for many, many days in the past and future days to come. I mean, think about it. When when kids do something foolish, parents always ask the same question, right? Right? It's the same question that's been asked for hundreds of years. It's one word, it's three letters, it's the word, why? (laughs) Why? 
designed to try to find some kind of reasonable explanation for what appears to be completely unreasonable. Why? Why did you stick that noodle up your little brother's nose? <laughs> Why did you leave your bike right behind the rear tires of the car in the garage so it could be run over? Why? Why did you put the cat in the dryer? Why? And kids always give the same answer, right? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> of course they don't. <laughs> I mean, if they knew why, they never would have done it to begin with, right? I don't know. I suspect that if you ask this man in Jesus' story why he would have built his one and only life, your one and only soul on sand, I think he may have said, I don't know. I don't know. I just did it. See, no one plans in advance to, to live a mediocre life, do they? No one walks into a bar and says, I, I think I'll become an alcoholic today. Nobody living with deep resentment in their heart says to themselves, I think I'm just going to aim for becoming a bitter, angry person. <laughs> no couple about to get married sits down and says, hey, hey, let's plan on getting a divorce someday too. No one has a child and then says, well, I think I'm going to get so busy, so wrapped up in my career, gone so much that my children will never really know me and will carry a hole around in their heart for the rest of their lives. No one plans on going to hell either, do they? It just happens. I don't know. I don't know. Well, as Jesus concludes his Sermon on the Mount with this amazing parable, he is declaring to his listeners, he, just as he is declaring to us this morning, you have a choice. We are all building a house. We are all facing storms. Those are givens. But are you making the decision to build upon the rock? And Jesus makes no mistake about it. He tells us exactly what he means in the very first sentence of the parable, verse 24. Again, everyone who hears these words of mine and does them is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. See, the hinge point, the turning point for anyone who wants to build on the rock that withstands the storms of life, that withstands all the huffing and puffing that might come from the big bad wolf, the hinge point is the choice to obey, to do Jesus' words, to make daily decisions, to put Jesus' words into practice in all aspects of our lives. Jesus told his disciples in John 14, verse 21 and 23, whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me Listen to this, this promise about our obedience. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them, reveal himself more and more to you. And listen to verse 23. Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, 
and we will come to them and make our home with them. Isn't that incredible? When you build your house, your soul on the rock of obedience to Christ, when the storm hits, no matter how terrible that storm may be, not only will your house not fall, but even in the midst of that storm, you will experience an ever-increasing experience of the love of God in Christ. Because he will be making himself at home in the house of your soul. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we, we marvel at the the powerful words spoken to us in your word. Father, these words of our Lord Jesus. Father, we ask this morning that you would forgive us where we fail to build in the ways that we should build and that we might become more and more of a people who each and every day make the conscious decisions in light of the judgment seat of Christ to build on the rock of your words. Lord, bless us, we pray, as we seek to build our soul, to be all in, complete devotion of our souls to you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.